Welcome to the Your Lender Buddy podcast. This podcast is designed to empower real estate professionals with industry knowledge that they need to succeed. Without further ado, I'll pass it on to Jordan Keck for today's episode. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Jordan, your lender buddy. Today, we're talking about how to separate out criticism from feedback. Now, this is something that is very important to me because when I look back over my career of over 10 years and helping hundreds of over thousands of clients now at this point, when I look at what was able to help me grow the most in my career and even in my personal life, my relationships with my wife, with my family, with my, my daughters, they're the same things that helped me in my professional life. But what's different about them is some things were feedback and some things were criticism. The problem comes in when you're starting to look at feedback as criticism. And this is even exemplified if you are in a position where you're leading a team, where you're either in a management position, you're a leadership position, where you have authority over hiring, firing, training, or giving correction to other people. This is extremely important. And so we're going to be looking through what defines the difference between criticism and feedback, how to be able to give it correctly, how to be able to receive it correctly, so that we're able to move forward and grow from these opportunities. Starting off with one great quote from author James Clear, who wrote Atomic Habits, which is one of my favorite books, highly implementable strategies for developing habits. And I've done some podcast episodes about habits, so I quote him quite heavily. He says that the trick to viewing feedback as a gift is to be more worried about having blind spots than hearing about them. Because how often do we hear about those blind spots, take it as criticism, and decide we don't want to hear it versus being worried about actually having them and wanting to hear about it to avoid having them? Powerful. So when I look at Going into, well, what's the definition here? What's really the difference between feedback and criticism? The dictionary definition of feedback is the transmission or of evaluative or corrective information about an action, event, or process to the original or controlling source. So basically, this is information about something that happened, which is meant to be able to evaluate or correct. Criticism is much simpler. And that one is simply to find fault with or point out the faults of. Not from a place of correcting, not about a specific thing. Typically, this is going to be about a person. Finding fault with you. Not something that you've done, but with you. I even asked online, and the information, the different definitions, typically fell into one of four different categories. The first one was seeing feedback versus criticism as Is this intended to improve or to attack? Some of the responses were that criticism doesn't seek to improve. It comes from a place of judgment or a negative perspective. Feedback seeks improvement and comes from a positive growth mindset. Another one was that feedback is performance-driven with the intent to help somebody improve, whether that be praise or correction. And criticism is emotionally driven with the intent of correction without affirmation of well-doing. Number two category. So the first one was improvement versus attack. Next one was, was it solicited or not? A couple of the feedback there. Feedback is something that you ask for 
and only when you ask for it, whereas criticism is something that you don't ask for, is unsolicited. A third one is in delivery. The intent, the attitude, the tone is everything. Criticism is often judgmental and comes from a negative place. However, feedback has a potential to be positive, professional, and respectful. So this is how it's being delivered may differentiate it from criticism or feedback. And then the last category is the perspective. One great answer here is that criticism implies a hierarchy, a better and worse, whereas feedback acknowledges that this is just one of many points of view. Someone else said that criticism is for the critic, but feedback is for the person in question. And the last one here, which I absolutely love, criticism is always feedback, but feedback isn't always criticism. In a Forbes article, the Center for Values-Driven Leadership compared the two this way. They said criticism focuses on what we don't want, feedback focuses on what we do. Criticism is focused on the past, feedback is focused on the future. Criticism is focused on weaknesses, feedback builds up strengths. Criticism deflates, feedback inspires. Criticism says you are the problem, feedback says we can make this better together. So lastly, criticism is basically saying, I am bad, whereas feedback is, I did that badly. Being criticized makes you want to retreat, to hide and avoid future attempts at something, whereas getting feedback means you have more information than you did before, and you can do it better the next time. It's progress. It encourages another attempt, and it's valuable. In fact, people will pay millions of dollars for feedback at the highest level, where you see masterminds or coaching groups, where they're paying to be able to identify their blind spots. They're paying to be able to see something they didn't see before and have that feedback. Well, every single one of those definitions is accurate, there is a difference between the two. Unfortunately, it's always up to us to decide whether we are receiving feedback or criticism. And I'll say that again. It's up to us to decide whether what we're receiving is feedback or criticism. We could get the best feedback in the world from somebody. If we take heed of it, it could radically transform our lives and our relationships, our career, and our success. But it can still feel like criticism. They can feel like they're telling me I'm not good enough. Even if that person wants you to succeed, it's tough to hear and you still have room to go. They're telling you basically you are not good enough yet is how you may internalize it. And see, if you believe that you can grow and change, have a growth mindset, then feedback is extraordinarily welcome. You can act on it. It's something that you can change. You're you're figuring out the blind spots and you can do something with that information. But if you don't believe that you have the capacity to grow and change, then you need to avoid it at all costs. And all feedback looks like criticism because if somebody's telling you, hey, you have room for improvement and you don't believe that you can change, they're pointing out a flaw. And that's very different. That feels like an attack, even if it wasn't intended that way. And that's the missing piece from all of those definitions. Those definitions all focus on what the difference in giving feedback or criticism looks like. But unfortunately, we also get a say in that when we receive it. Carol Dweck writes in her book, Mindset, about the difference between that fixed growth, fixed mindset, and a growth mindset. 
And the basic definition of them is that somebody who has a fixed mindset does not believe that they have the capacity or the ability to grow. They are what they are, whether it was genetics, whether it was just the, the skill set they learned early on in life, maybe they can only grow to a certain point and then once their brain stops developing, they're done. They don't believe that they can change. Whereas a growth mindset, basically somebody believes that they have the ability to adapt, to change, to get better at things. And often those two go hand in hand with how somebody receives feedback or criticism. This is important because if you're coaching or leading a team member or helping a client who has a fixed mindset, you need to be able to approach feedback very differently than somebody who has a growth mindset. If you have a fixed mindset, the chances are you've avoided feedback and you may avoid giving it to others or even openly criticize their attempts to grow and try new things. If you have a growth mindset, the chances are you may seek out feedback, but those close to you may not appreciate you giving it to them. See, one of the things that was very difficult for me to understand earlier in my career in my life is I'm typically a growth mindset person. I appreciate feedback. I seek it out. Even if it's hard for me to hear, I know it's more valuable than not having it. From that place, I would try and give other people feedback. My thought was, well, why wouldn't everybody want to know this feedback? Why wouldn't everybody want to try and grow and try and become the best version of themselves? And what I later on found is that my attempts of caring for somebody and offering suggestions and advice and honestly trying to, to take care of them, to love them well, were not received in the way that I had intended. It came across as criticism because maybe they were happy with where they were at. Maybe they didn't believe they had the opportunity or the ability to change. And so even though I had great intentions, I was giving it as feedback, it was being taken as criticism because I had a growth mindset and they were in a fixed mindset. So understanding this is extraordinarily important. And similarly, if you're somebody that has a fixed mindset, recognizing that other people who might be giving you information that feels like criticism, it may not be intended that way. They may care about you and genuinely want you to be able to take that and improve knowing that you have potential to do that. So here's some tips that you can use when giving feedback to somebody else. The first thing you can do is call it out. It loses almost all of its power when you identify the unspoken. And you could say something like this. Hey, I want to give you some feedback, but this is not criticism. I care about you and I want you to win and I'm here to help you do that. Next thing you can do is be very specific. When you're specific, make sure that you're talking about the action, the event, whatever it was that happened. Don't make it about them and don't use labels. Whenever you say the particular feedback, if you're going to be assigning labels to somebody, it immediately feels like an attack because you're saying they're a bad person as opposed to they did something with an outcome that wasn't desirable. Their outcome could have been better. And it's very important to separate those two. Next up, you can ask if they would like to hear the feedback or create a space for it. Sometimes just the question of, hey, would you be open to some feedback? Because at least you're giving them the opportunity. Now, if this is me, if this is you, you might start to feel some defensiveness if somebody asks you if you'd like some feedback. So you might know it's coming, but having them ask first, it helps continue to paint that picture that they do care about you. They're not doing this just to try and tear you down. 
And as far as creating a space for it, this can be great if you're on a team where you have regular meetings. You might be able to take a time at the end of it and say, hey, would you mind staying you know, after the meeting so we can chat a little bit? Uh, I think that might be a great time where we can talk through what worked, what didn't. So that way, it's not a surprise. If it, and if it all possible, avoid having this be a surprise. If it is, the chances of defenses going up are very high. And lastly, make sure to keep it private. When you're giving somebody feedback, it can feel intensely personal and it can feel like an attack in the moment. Doing it in front of a group is a surefire way to add embarrassment on top of it and make sure that they almost absolutely don't hear anything that's being said. They just feel attacked. And lastly, tips on receiving feedback or criticism. See, because my, my point here is that you might be receiving feedback or criticism, but you can choose how you internalize it, what that means to you. So the first piece is, I'd say, try and understand the intent. One of the most difficult pieces I found early on in my marriage between my wife and I is that we would get frustrated at each other for saying something without considering the intent. We would react to the words that we heard and what we thought that that meant. But when both of us were able to keep a level head and ask ourselves a simple question before responding, we'd ask, do I think that they meant this to harm me? Do I think that they intended to say this to harm me? Of course we knew the answer was no. So the next question is, what did they probably mean? And that leads to my next point. Give the benefit of the doubt in how information is communicated. Most people are not good at giving feedback or communicating what they really want to say. If you have any kids or you're around kids, you'll know that the difficulty for babies learning to speak is around communicating what they want. They'll throw tantrums, they'll cry, they'll get frustrated because they don't have the ability to communicate how they feel and to be understood. Now, we think that that goes away as we get older, but honestly, it never changes. When somebody does not have the ability to accurately communicate what they feel in a way that makes them feel understood from somebody else, it's difficult. And we still have those responses that make us angry or frustrated because we can't communicate correctly. So you give somebody an incredible blessing if you're able to help them feel understood, giving them the benefit of the doubt and thinking, maybe they just can't communicate this the way that they're, they would really like to. The next one is understand that this is only one perspective and they don't necessarily have more or less information than you. They just have different information. Be the same as if you're holding up a book in front of you. The cover is facing you and the back of the book is facing somebody else. If you ask them what is on that book, they're going to be looking at one side, you're going to be looking at the other. Both of your answers are correct, but they're both different. Now you can argue with each other about you can say, oh, well, I see that this, the cover is red. They say, no, it's blue. But until you're able to see that they just have different information, that it's not correct or incorrect, it's just different, then you can approach it from a place of receiving this feedback and not criticism. They're not saying you're wrong. They're simply saying, I have different information than you. Next is don't respond out of a place of heightened emotions. If you do feel yourself getting hot, you feel yourself having those emotions rise up within you, you want to be able, you know, you're balling up your fists maybe, take a moment and pause if you can. Journal, take a walk, and cool down before responding if at all possible. Maybe even ask them, hey, can we follow up on this when I've had some more time? Sometimes taking the time to process that information 
can lead you to a response or lead you to an opportunity where you're actually able to digest it and take that in. And maybe you have questions. Maybe you can follow up. Maybe you can even thank them for it at that point. But in the moment, it's very difficult to do that if this is brand new to you. So hopefully these are some tips you can take away from these, whether again, giving feedback or receiving feedback, because they've been incredibly helpful in my life. And hopefully if down the road you ever have feedback for me, I'll be able to take it as such and even potentially see some benefit if it was even intended as criticism because I can control what I take away from it. Thank you as always for listening to this podcast. If you found this episode helpful, be sure to subscribe and leave a review. Have a wonderful day and let's elevate real estate together. This podcast has been brought to you by Jordan Keck, NMLS number 1017341, branch manager at Advantage Mortgage Incorporated, 5955 Shoreview Lane, North Suite 200, Kaiser, Oregon 97303, company NMLS 1770599, equal housing lender. Jordan Keck is licensed in Oregon, Arizona, California, Colorado, Idaho, Montana, Texas, and Washington. Until next time, thanks again for listening.